Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin in The Marriage. With the conviction that marriage remains the most popular domestic arrangement between friendly people, NBC takes pleasure in presenting one of the most distinguished couples of the American theater, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin, transcribed as Liz and Ben Marriott in The Love and Laughter of the Marriage. About 300 years ago in New Amsterdam, a simple-minded burger named Klaus van Rensler was seen coming by an Indian who sold him 40 acres of swamp way out in the wilderness. Mynheer Klaus eventually swapped it to a tavern keeper for a pint of Holland's gin. The descendants of that tavern keeper can be seen these days on opening night at the opera and on polo afternoons at Meadowbrook. The land ended up in the hands of the Cosmopolitan Investment Company with an assessed valuation of several million dollars. And a few years ago, a giant middle-income housing development was built on the track. Cosmopolitan, with touching sentiment, named it Rensselaer Village. I ran across this fascinating bit of local history when Peg and Mike Simon moved into Rensselaer Village and invited us over to warm the apartment. Yeah, not bad for three and a half rooms, huh? Three and a half? Mm-hmm. I must have missed something. I only counted three. Well, you see the hallway by the door? It sort of zags about two and a half feet. Oh, yes. Dining alcove. That's the half room. Yeah, it's a seller's market. Oh, it's terribly hard to get into Rensselaer Village. They have a very long waiting list. Yeah, we put it in our application in 1951. Did you have to take a competitive examination? No, no. <laughs> uh, we were excused on the basis of the investigator's report. What? You mean you were actually investigated before you got the apartment? Oh, yes. Rensselaer Village is very particular. They'd sent a social worker to our old apartment. I didn't know he was coming, and everything was a mess. <laughs> I was just sure they'd turn us down as undesirable. I guess we were lucky. We got an apartment with a picture window, 15 feet of unbroken glass. Oh, well, that's nice. Oh, what a lovely view. What are those, those round things out there? Oh, those are the stacks of the city asphalt plant. But we understand they'll stop using soft coal inside of a year. That'll be a nice change. Ben, you forgot. What? Well, you know. Oh, yes, yes. Mike, Peg, hmm? we uh, brought you a little something for the new domicile. I left it out here. Oh, oh, you shouldn't have. What is it? Here. Open it, see. Uh, it's so big. Mm. Oh. Oh, Mike, it's a picture. It's a bridal print imported from France. Oh, I think the frame is awfully appropriate, uh, don't you? It's it's lovely. Oh, don't you like it? We can exchange it. Oh no, I love it. It's it's beautiful. Oh, Mike, I could cry. Maybe there's a loophole, Peg. It's at least fourteen inches over. Hey, what is this? Oh, Ben, Ben, it's lovely, but we just can't hang it. It's too big. Don't worry about that. I brought a special nail and a hook, guaranteed for 100 pounds. All we need is a hammer. No, it's too big. No use, Ben. It's against the code. What code? The Rensselaer Village Code. It's part of the lease. It's in the book here somewhere. Oh. No nails, screws, bolts, or pegs may be attached, fastened, or otherwise appended to walls, doors, or ceilings. They're left out the floors. Oh, that's in another section. Pictures under 33 inches in length may be hung with adhesive by special permission of the section superintendent. Look, Mike, 
Suppose we just hang the thing up. Who'll know? Oh, no. They inspect. Well, if somebody kicks, take it down. But an unauthorized hanging is 12 demerits. Demerits? Peg, you joined the campfire, girl. It's not funny, Liz. 50 demerits and they evict you. They can't. Not for hanging pictures. It's in the lease. There was a test case. Cosmopolitan Investments versus McDonough. The appellate division held the landlord had the right to enforce the code. McDonough didn't appeal. Why not? And we got fed up and bought a house in Great Neck. Is that whole book filled with regulations? Just about. Oh. You're kidding, aren't you? Oh, no. They leave printed demerit slips. We've just been in for a week, and we've already got three demerits. What for? Uh, disorganized garbage. Not really, Peg. Oh, I'm shocked <laughs> to think that your garbage was... <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. It isn't funny. We waited so long for this apartment. What else is in the statute, Mike? Unauthorized paint, six demerits. Overflowing bathtub, four demerits and costs. Tricycles in the elevators, two demerits. Mike, that's awful. Where do you park your tricycle? And that's not all. Playing musical instruments after 10 o'clock, strings and woodwinds, two demerits. Brass, three. Percussion, six. I wonder what they'd do if you brought in a pipe organ. I suppose they throw the book at you for loud radios. Oh, no. They just turn it down. They turn it down? They actually have the gall to come into your apartment? Oh, oh they don't have to come in. They have the volume controls in the basement. On your radio? Oh, yes. The whole house is wired. Peg, would they seriously evict anybody for all these silly things? Oh, yes. The people that had the apartment before us were evicted. Oh, it was very sad. They had a little boy, and they kept getting turned in for roller skating in the hall. I think this is terrible. Mike, it was practically futile. The only thing Cosmopolitan Investment isn't demanding is droit de seigneur. Better check it. It might be in small type. Mike, do you think that you can really live under this kind of Napoleonic code? <sighs> you get used to it, Ben. After all, it doesn't really hurt to organize your garbage. Well, of course not, but that's something you should want to do voluntarily. Oh, can't we get this on a slightly higher plane than disorganized garbage? Well, it is a little overpowering. But what can we do? They do have that waiting list. Let me see that book, Mike. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, it does mm. seem a little confining, doesn't it? Mike, do you suppose it's constitutional? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Excuse me a minute. Ben, where are you going? I left my rubbers in the hall. Oh, oh will you bring them inside, Ben? Too late, I'm afraid. Hmm? Listen to this. From the section superintendent to tenant 18C, greeting. Oh, no. We call your attention to section 6754, Rensselaer Village Code. Rubbers left in hall. Four demerits. <laughs> We left Rensselaer Village about midnight, and crossing 12th Street came once again under the protection of the United States Constitution, including the Bill of Rights. I suppose it was the Rensselaer Code that started me off. I was still thinking about it the next night when Pete's bedtime came around. All right, Pete. Bedtime. What'd you say, Pop? Five minutes to nine. I've got to finish this picture. You can finish it tomorrow afternoon, Pete. But I've got to take it to school. You mean it's part of your homework? Yeah. A painting? Say, yeah, that's interesting. Ah. What is it? Abraham Lincoln. Don't you approve of Mr. Lincoln? Oh, he's all right. I'm sure he'll rest better now. Come on, Pete. Clean up the brushes. But I've got to finish. 
Jacoby said I have to bring it in tomorrow. Jacoby? Mrs. Jacoby, the art teacher. Well, you should have started it earlier. I've got to finish the beard. It's bedtime, Pete. Make it a picture of Lincoln without a beard. I did. That's how it all started. What started? She said I could either paint another picture the right way or go to the principal's office. Wait a minute. You mean that's a punishment? I guess so. What did you do? Nothing. It must have been something. Come on now, Pete. I just painted a picture of Lincoln without a beard. That's all. Well, what's wrong with that? I don't know. Jacoby got sore. She tore my picture up. Oh, she did. Liz! Yes, sir? Tell me just what happened, Pete. Ready for good night, Pete? Oh, Danny isn't even undressed. Wait a minute. Go ahead, Pete. Tell us what happened. Well... We had this special art class. With a Mrs. Jacoby. Go ahead. All the kids were supposed to draw a picture of Abraham Lincoln. And she picked on me. Because you drew Lincoln without a beard? Well, why did you do that, dear? I don't know. I just felt like it. She tore my picture up right in front of the whole class. Oh, Ben. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> Lots of kids draw worse. She gave him this assignment for punishment. To draw the picture her way. I gave him a beard, all right. Down to here. Well, I suppose that finished that. Now, wait a minute, Liz. Why shouldn't Lincoln be drawn without a beard? He wasn't born with a beard. Ben, I think we should discuss this later. Start undressing, please. I distinctly remember Raymond Massey and Abe Lincoln in Illinois. He didn't wear a beard till the last scene. Ben, later. I, 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 huh? Oh. Oh, all right. I don't think it was fair to tear my picture Pete, off. you're absolutely ben, right. This, ben, Ben... Uh, all right. Come on now, Pete. It's after nine. Dan, what are you doing? Research. What do you mean? Here. Carl Sandberg's Lincoln, The Prairie Years. Photograph after photograph, Lincoln and Billy Herndon, Lincoln and Mary Todd, Lincoln and Stephen A. Douglas, no beard. Ben, that's silly. I just want this case to rest on documentation, that's all. What case? Liz, do you realize what that art class is like? They might as well pass out one drawing and everybody trace it. They do. Pete brought home some tracings yesterday. He did? You see? What kind of individuality can come out of that? Oh, Pete managed to introduce a variation of No, two. I'm serious. Thirty-six little robots in a row drawing the same beard. They'll all grow up and, and, and live in Rensselaer Village under the code. Ben, don't get upset. You know as well as I do, there are a lot of weak spots in Pete. Liz, oh. I'm not going to let Pete be victimized. Victimized? All he had to do was paint another Lincoln with a beard. He's done it already. Well, I'm not going to let this go by without a protest. Well, there's a great deal of protest in that beard Pete painted. What? It's aquamarine with red highlights, and it's a foot and a half long. Oh, that's too subtle. Subtle? Aquamarine and red? I mean, as a protest. Ben, I feel the same way you do about individuality. But there isn't much you can do in this case. Well, there must be something. People I... live through it. Now, Ben, forget it. There isn't anything you can do. I'll... I'll, I'll think of something. until one o'clock in the morning. Then I got out of bed and read for a while. Thorough on civil disobedience. In the morning, I announced to Pete that he was to leave the painting at home. But Mrs. Jacoby said... I know she did, but Pete, sometimes 
teachers are wrong. You're telling me. I mean, if our family believes in something, well, we have to stand up for it, don't we? I guess if so. If we think that something's important and right, we have to fight for it. You know, like Lincoln or Nathan Hale. Sure. Why not? I'm glad you understand, Pete. Sure, Pop. Now can I take the picture to Mrs. Jacoby? I don't want you to turn the bearded picture in. But she'll send me to the principal. All right. All right. If that's the way she wants it, all right. But she can't intimidate us. But she can send me to the principal. Well, let her. Mom! Your father's handling this, Pete. Let what? him tilt his own windmill. Pop, now, couldn't I give Mrs. Jacoby the picture and, and then sort of, sort of hate her by myself? Pete, don't worry. I'll be right behind you. Oh, that's different. I'll get my jacket. We better hurry. Pop will be late. Well, hey, Pete. I... I'm in spirit. Now, look, Ben. If Pete is expected to go out on a limb this way, I think he should have company. Well, of course, I will. I'd like to, but I've got an appointment at the quarter. are you going to defend your principles to the last drop of Pete's blood? Maybe I could write a note. Did Nathan Hale send a small boy with a note? All right. All right, I'll go. This is Mrs. Jacoby. Yeah. She's a lot smaller than the principal. Um, that isn't why I want to talk to her. Here's a room. Uh, maybe you better go to your classroom, Pete. It's ten minutes to nine. Okay, Pop. But if you need any help, I'm in room 35B. <laughs> All right, I'll send up a flare. Good luck, Pop. Yes? Uh, Mrs. Jacoby? Are you a parent? Yes, yes, I am. Parents aren't supposed to be in the classrooms without a pass from the office. I, I know that, Mrs. Jacoby. Uh, I thought I could just speak to you informally without going through the office. Well, I, I do have a few minutes before nine. I, I'll have to get my materials ready, oh, though. thank you very much. Uh, I'm Mr. Marriott. Mm -hmm. uh, do you mind setting out these crayons? One box on each desk. Well, I, I uh, want to have At the upper right corner, please. Oh, all right. Now, now, what was it you wanted to see me about, Mr. Uh, uh... Marriott? Oh, yes. Peter Marriott, fifth grade? That's right. Up the right corner, Mr. Marriott. Oh, sorry. Uh, you see, Pete came home last night and told me that... Uh, I had... beg your pardon? Uh, Pete told me there was a little trouble in the art class. Oh, yes. Well, I'm sure it'll smooth over. You needn't worry, Mr. Marriott. But I'm concerned, Mrs. Jacoby. You oh, I'm on the opposite corner on that back desk. What? Conchetta Rossello is left-handed. This right? Left? <laughs> Just uh, fine. Uh, you see, Pete said he drew Lincoln without a beard. Oh, yes. Now, well, he'll bring it in right, and then everything will be fine. Well, that's just it, Mrs. Jacoby. What's the use of an art class if they have to turn out a uniform product like machines? Why shouldn't Lincoln be drawn without a uh, beard? Mr. Marriott, would you please... Um, well, I've finished the crayon. I know. But as long as you're standing here, would you mind knocking out these erasers? Uh, Mrs. Jacoby, I would like to... Would you mind, to... really? Well, uh, all right. Now, Mrs. Jacoby, mm -hmm, I have That's a... right. Usually I have a monitor do it, but he has a mump. <coughs> Pete told me that you disciplined him for just drawing that picture without the beard. <coughs> that you tore his drawing up in front of the class, and that you threatened him with the principal. Did he tell you he refused to follow my directions? 
that he threw his crayons down on the floor and was defiant and insolent? Well, no. No, he didn't. They usually don't. That's when I disciplined him. I suppose I should have brought him right down to Dr. Carnahan, but Pete is usually a fine, cooperative child, so I just gave him the extra assignment instead. He was insolent? But I... I... I had the impression that, that you oh, had asked Of course, asked him... I understand. Now, don't worry, Mr. Marriott. I'm prepared to forget the whole affair. That's very nice of you, Mrs. Jacoby. We're both interested in the child's welfare. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll have to go now, Mr. Marriott. The children will be in in a minute. Oh, all right. I, uh, I appreciate everything, Mrs. Jacoby. Don't mention... Oh, Mr. Marriott. Yes? Just use a vacuum cleaner attachment on your suit. The chalk dust comes right off. <laughs> At 1.30 that night, I sat bolt upright in bed, a figurative light bulb flashing over my head. Ben? Ben, what is it? What's it got to do with a beard? Well, well, what beard? Lincoln's beard. Oh, Ben, please, go to sleep. I just realized, Liz, even if Pete was out of line, that doesn't make Mrs. Jacoby's case any writer. Ben... Let Pete hand in the picture. No, no. Now, Liz, there's something important at stake here. Something fine and strong and... and, and, Curly. I'm serious. (laughs) I'm going to take this to the principal. Pop, would you mind if I handed in the picture? I mean, what's an old beard? Peter, I want you to understand the necessity of fighting for something that we believe in. Did Lincoln himself ever back out of a fight? Lincoln never got sent to Dr. Cornerham. Pete. All right, Mr. Marriott. Uh, You better go to your class, Pete. Well, how do you do? How do you do? We haven't seen each other since you played for the Parents and Teachers Festival. Remember our little marimba band? (laughs) Yes. Still practicing the maracas? Not recently. Don't give it up, Mr. Marriott. Don't give it up. How I wish my mother had made me practice when I was a boy. On the maracas? I played the mandolin. Oh. Uh, Dr. Carnahan, I want to talk to you about my son's art class. Oh, yes. When you called, I had a little talk with Mrs. Jacoby. You'll uh, find me completely filled in. Now, I understand the necessity of maintaining discipline in the classroom, but... You know, uh... I, I think you do. Mr. Marriott, my teachers have an increasingly difficult time maintaining discipline. This is not an easy school, Mr. Marriott. Last year, a sixth-grade teacher had to call in a physical training man to subdue a 14-year-old boy with a four-inch knife. Shocking and tragic. It certainly is. That isn't exactly the case. Of course not. I'm sure your son doesn't carry a knife, Mr. Marriott. Not that I know of. Check, Mr. Marriott. Check into it. Oh. All right, I will. Uh, Dr. Carnahan, about this art class, I'm concerned with a whole theory... You see, I feel a child has a right to draw Lincoln without a beard. Is that what this is all about, Mr. Marriott? Well, it isn't just the beard. It's the whole concept. Concept? Concept? Well, does the boy have some psychological reaction to beards? Uh, Excessive fear, Well, it isn't really his reaction. It's mine. Oh. Uh, Oh, Yes, I see. Well, Mr. Marriott, I don't see how the school can be involved in this. I'm sorry if you have this problem, but I'm sure if you remain clean-shaven yourself, it uh, shouldn't affect you too well, much. Well, I have no objection to beards. I, I can take beards or let them alone. Yes, well, why don't you then? I, it's just that I told Pete not to hand in the other picture as a matter of principle. Now, just a moment, Mr. Marriott. Mrs. Jacoby told me the boy handed in the assignment this morning. 
Oh. He did? Oh, yes. As far as we're concerned, the incident is closed. But, uh, I, I, I... Well, now, if you don't mind, I have to see several other people here, so I... Oh, of course. I... I didn't know. It's been pleasant anyway, Mr. Marriott. Goodbye, sir. Uh, goodbye, Dr. Carnahan. And, Mr. Marriott, you keep up on the maracas. <laughs> depressed at the office all day. I didn't really mind being made a fool of in the principal's office. Well, not too much, anyway. I was just disappointed in Pete. His revolt against the beard was a very healthy reaction, and I was sorry to see him knuckle under to regimentation. I passed Rensselaer Village on my way home, and that didn't cheer me up at all. I had a vision of Pete, of all of us, with interchangeable brains stamped out of one mold, producing the same thoughts, the same actions, year after year after year. I didn't talk about it at dinner. Liz was considerate and didn't bring it up at all. Just before bedtime, though, Pete came into the living room. Pop, do you mind if I stick a thumbtack in the wall? I don't care if you drive in a railroad spike. Okay. Oh, wait a minute, Pete. What are you hanging up? A picture. Nothing much. Wait a minute. What kind of a picture? Just something I did for myself. For yourself? Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I thought you handed that one into Mrs. Jacoby. Oh, no. I had to do that one her way. But I did this for myself. Pete, I'd like to see that picture. Okay, Pop. It isn't very much. Here. No beard. I just didn't feel like a beard. Liz. Yes, dear? I need a nail. What for? I want to hang a picture in the living room. A picture? The Emancipation Proclamation. Look at it. Abraham Lincoln without a beard. (laughs) An original poster paint by Peter Marriott. Looks fine between the Van Gogh and the Picasso. Marriott will be back in a moment. In the meantime, let us extend an invitation on behalf of our stars, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin, as well as the National Broadcasting Company, to all of you to drop by next week at this time for another half-hour observation and transcription of the marriage. Written by Ernest Canoy, with Patricia Wheel and Joseph Curtin as Peg and Mike Simon, Vera Allen as Mrs. Jacoby, Wendell Holmes as Dr. Carnahan, and David Pfeffer as Pete. Miss Tandy and Mr. Cronin wish to extend warm thanks to all of you who have written telling your reactions to the marriage. Your letters are most welcome, for they let us know if you are interested in hearing more from Liz and Ben Marriott. The Marriage is an NBC Radio Network production directed by Edward King. This is Robert Denton speaking. I know what we can do with Pete's picture when it begins to pall. 
Why? Send it on loan to Mike and Peg at Rensselaer Village. They can hang that one up with adhesive tape. <laughs> Good night, Ben. Good night, darling. James Stewart stars in The Six Shooter following the news on the NBC radio network.